you are on the Game Trail Podcast. <clears throat> All right, I got Jason with me on the first podcast of 2021. Uh, we kind of disappeared for 2020, but I'm sure most people know, <laughs> probably like us, uh, with the pandemic and everything going on, it kind of made things difficult. And I don't know about Jason, but we had kids at home trying to learn from home and still are. And uh, things changed a lot over last year. What about you, Jason? Did it make things different for you? No, not no. really. I mean, I guess certain things did, but overall I found myself busier in different avenues, I guess. Uh-huh. But overall, just uh, more more grinding, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, I haven't really talked about it, but are you uh, in a more isolated part of the country? You don't have to, I think in the bigger cities like where I'm at, it makes things a little bit more difficult. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, I live in rural America. I mean, just a tiny little <laughs> town, and like it just it, like I, it it did affect it, you know. Especially yeah. at the beginning when everybody was trying to, you know, figure out how it, you know, would um, change the roles and the dynamics. Yeah, but it didn't seem to touch rural America in the same way that it did the urban areas and the larger cities, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but down where we're at, especially with the fire department, you know, um, changed everything how we do stuff, man. It just uh, made it a big pain in the neck, you know, because every single, in the beginning, none of us knew it was going to happen, you know, and how this thing was going to take shape. So we were sure. wearing all sorts of crazy stuff. We still are, too. I, I, I'm fortunately, I just retired like a couple months ago, so I'm... I'm turning that chapter in the book and moving Good on. Good on you. But a lot of those guys that I'm still friends with that weren't able to make it on the podcast, Brian mainly, he's over, he's on shift today. But um, yeah, it gets, it got time, about mid end of summer, I started getting pretty, uh, what do they call it, fatigue, just putting everything on. Because, you know, for us, we had to put everything on to even go inside a house. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then we were going to places that, the retirement centers were the worst because, you know, 30 out of 60 people had it, you know, so you, it felt eerie walking into those places. You just wanted to, I don't know, it's so strange. It made your skin crawl and you wanted to get out of there as fast as you could. Right. But um, didn't really have that choice, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was, it was definitely a weird summer for sure. Yeah, it, it's strange how it's how it's changed everything. Yeah, and I, I think this year will be a change for the better. I, I just that's what I feel. You know, I have to be positive, and I think it everything will change for a, a better thing. And life moves on as it always does, <laughs> as it has in the past, and it will now. <laughs> Absolutely, eternal optimist. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. yeah. How was your uh, your hunting season for twenty twenty? How did that go with everything? You know, um, it was really good. Um, had some. Um, coveted mule deer tags helped some friends out. Uh-huh. They got some stud mule deer, and then um, after that, uh, turned around and went down to Oklahoma and uh, got some whitetail hunting in. And overall, it was you know last year wasn't a big tag year for me. I'm kind of uh-huh. in the never-ending preference point uh, <laughs> world, and so uh, it ended up you know being really nice helping friends that had put in 20 plus years and uh getting them some giant mule deer 
and then kind of just easing into Oklahoma and whitetail hunting was just a nice kind of um, a bow in, in last year's season. Um, nice. Yeah. I saw how about that. yourself? Yeah. I saw that on your uh, Instagram. It was pretty cool. I've been trying to find an avenue to go whitetail hunt either in Texas. I did a couple years back. I looked at Oklahoma, but it was a late season bow tag, mm-hmm. uh, you know, landowner tag, obviously. And, um, man, I just start, towards the end, I started getting literally like cold feet, not cold feet from not wanting to go, but cold feet. Cause I was looking at the weather. I'm like, man, I don't know if I could sit in a stand for <laughs> a couple hours when the, it was like high, it was like 20, you know? So I'm sure. like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. And, I uh, tell you, there's a big difference between, um, the cold here in the West and in Oklahoma. It was, <laughs> it was not pleasant. Like yeah. it was a mental grind to stay in the stand. Yeah. No, I, I've heard that. I've never, I, I've been back. We have a lot of family out in South Carolina and Tennessee. We obviously we don't go there during the winter, but during the summer we go and the humidity is just horrendous, but I've heard the same for the cold that the cold, you know, yeah, it's 20 degrees, 30 degrees. And I'm no years to way colder temperatures than that. But, uh, the humidity plays a factor in it supposedly, you know, makes it feel cold and what it actually does too. Mm-hmm. It gets into your bones and stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and you know, like once the, you know, the sun came up and everything, I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put some miles on and walk around and man, it, there is no warming up. As soon as you, you step out of that stand, you, you make it all kinds of noise and everything. So it's a, it's a grind. To yeah. just stay yeah. mentally focused. And I know we, we go to Tennessee, and you know uh, where my wife's family is. They're right in the Appalachians and the Cumberland Plateau, and it's this beautiful, thick, thick forest. You know, not like out mm-hmm. west. You know, and you think you thick, you think you've seen thick until you've gone out back east. Right. And right. you know, I'm like, well, let's go try to explore. And then you realize that during the summer, at least, there's ticks, chiggers. All sorts of stuff, poison ivy, and I'm like, uh, yep, I don't think I'll just turn around. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we don't have that problem here. I don't, we don't no. run into, I mean, very seldom you get a tick on yourself out here. I mean, it, you have to be in a, kind of like a watery area, you know, like some rural, rural, rural moist in the West. At right. least that's my, been a, my experience between, right, uh, down out in, especially in the Southwest, we don't really have to worry about ticks and poison ivy and oak <laughs> and Lyme disease and all other stuff. I mean, it's there, but not. Not like it is back east. You really have to, to do your due diligence to find yeah. it. It's not really prevalent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, we both like running trail cams. Uh, did you ha- did you find last year harder to find game on your cams, or did your go-to spots were still go-to spots? No, last year were still go-to spots. Um, I did find that they stayed longer, which was interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, they showed up relatively same time, and I'm pretty sure I probably um, you experienced the same as us. Is um, I don't even know the last time we've had a real monsoon here. Oh and yeah, yeah. Like we we had a fine winter, not nothing out of the ordinary. Maybe a normal winter, and then June came around, and like I can count on one hand the amount of times it rained last summer. Yeah, yeah. It just. Once that first storm in June came through, I don't think it rained again until maybe September, end of August. Yeah, end of and August. Everything, you know, and everything, everything yeah. just dried up. But 
bad um, dried up. What I found is the same springs that have always produced mm-hmm. still produced. Yeah. And I, I imagine it's just from a normal winter. It'll be interesting to see how this winter turns out. Just um, we're finally starting to get some trains of storms rolling through. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, here. up until a few weeks ago, it was kind of nerve wracking. Yeah, I was up. Uh, I was changing batteries on a camera that I hadn't changed since October. And um, I was a week prior to that. I was up there and it's kind of in a transitional area. It's like a pinon juniper Mm-hmm. kind of getting to pondos on the north slopes of these these little like like foothills up into the high country and mm-hmm. um quite a bit of snow but i was just mostly just glassing from the low country looking up to see where these big bulls were hanging out or where the bulls are hanging out because the snow has been kind of sporadic and then mm-hmm. when i went to go change the batteries on this camera i was a little worried because i'm sure you, you know it's no fun smashing through snow no. uh and i was kind of like i was just worried I got there, uh, there was patch on the north slopes, snow was expected, but everything else was wide open. It was more mud, that that mud that just sticks to you like glue. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was looking, I mean, it looked good for now, but it's only February. <laughs> you know, if that had been April, it had been stoked. You know, that had been a good runoff season. But, um, right. Yeah, it wasn't for these last uh, storms that we're, we've been getting. Um, I don't know where we'd be. And then the cold snap kind of stopped all that melting from happening, thank God. Mm-hmm. Even down here in Alcrate yesterday, I think our low got to 10 last night. Mm-hmm. So up north, you know, I was watching weather where I keep cameras at and temperatures, you know, were minus 15, minus 20. So it definitely yeah. everything froze back up again, pretty solid. See, the thing that always that scares, it always scares me once we get into these patterns is we have a big melt off and then how long it stays cold with, um, all of the ground getting iced up and then the animals have to you know oh. use all of their reserve energy to just bust through that ice to get to any any forage yeah 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 well with this uh one camera that i thought i could retrieve that was close enough or not close enough i thought it was, it's on the south facing slopes of this mountain range that we keep them on and mm-hmm. i left a lot like way too late because we got a some pretty big heavy storms right in the beginning, like in the fall, like from October to November. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I kind of went up to go see if I could get them. And I, it just wasn't going to happen. It's just too deep. And so this other one that's on the south end of this mountain range, it's on facing south from down low, looked like it was all burnt off. This is like two weeks before the storms came rolling through. And so I went up there, but yeah, by the time you get up to 9,000 foot, it, things changed quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> they were deceiving from way low, and by the time I got up there, agreed. You know, there was quite more snow than I thought there was going to be, considering how yeah. sprack and warmth and just a weird winter so far. But yeah, last year, a lot of our yeah. go-to areas were not there. They were dried. They were gone. Fascinating. Um, every time I went to check cameras, this one tank that was like always there. I mean, it's like the old faithful tank. Um, it didn't dry up, but it got down to like inches of water. You know, I watched it just slowly, slowly dry up and, um, and I ended up just pulling it cause they just weren't coming there no more. It just wasn't enough water for them. And, uh, I ended up finding a spring seep. I'm not sure what the exact difference between the two. Cause some people call them seeps. It's not marked on any map. I just came across it by accident when I was actually looking for sheds last spring. 
And I thought to myself, I'm like, man, I never, it's not marked on the map. And I put a game camera on it and I ended up producing quite a bit because there wasn't much water. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so they, I mean, they just hammered this thing to just nothing. Every time I checked it, checked it about middle of the rut, just elky. Like you can believe the water was so just splashed out. There was barely any water left over because they were smashing it so hard. Mm-hmm. But that was the key this year was just trying to find water. A lot of yeah. the normal sort of dirt tanks that hold water, even even during bad years, were pretty, were dry, bone dry. And yeah. um, a lot of wallows were dry too. They should have water in them from springs, but they were dried up mud. So, you know, locating newer ones was kind of tough. I found some. Of course, those cameras that I wanted to get are stuck there until probably mid-April. <laughs> so right. Until I can get to them. And right. Like I said, the lack of monsoon, we... It, you know, of course, it was a baking hot summer, and the yeah. monsoons kind of kicked in prior for us. We were out camping up north in North New Mexico about mid June, and finally, like we we're up there for five days, and like the two day, last two days, a storm started building up. And by the time we got back into town, you felt all right. Monsoons finally kicking in, and we had like a week where it was raining every day. And even my son knows, he's nine, knows, he's like, man, dad, it's raining every day. I was like, when's it going to stop? I was like, we don't want it to stop. We want it to keep going. <laughs> but as soon as, as soon as we were getting happy and all stoked about, you know, the grass is getting green and stuff like that, it, it quit mm-hmm. instantaneously. It just stopped and that was it. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, me and Brian, we drew, all we, all we drew was elk. I can't complain. We drew elk. Uh, the first bow hunt way down south in southern New Mexico. And um, it was kind of on the warm side for where we're, because we, we usually put in this unit quite a bit and we, we know it pretty well. Probably the warmest I've seen it since we've been drawing it. And, um, but even then, it's not really technically warm. You know, highs were, you know, in like the 70, 72. That's still pretty warm for, you know, 9,000 foot elevation. And uh, towards the, because the bow hunt down here is 14 days for the first hunt. And day 10, because I was diehard for a bull elk, because, you know, it's neither sex tag, but I wasn't going to shoot a cow. <laughs> I was determined yeah. to shoot a bull. And uh, then it almost, it, it was like a snow hail of rain on, the like, the September 10th, 11th. I think a mm. lot of people down here, I'm not sure how far it went up, but we all got caught mm-hmm. in this, like, snowstorm type thing. And then it was, like, 47 degrees, but it was so foggy, you couldn't see anything. You could hear them firing off left and right, but I couldn't. You couldn't see ten feet in front of you, so right. that was like day twelve. And by see when you got hunting for that many days, <laughs> you're just burnt out. I had a shot, yeah. botched it, and I was like, "I'm done. <laughs> Let's go home." <laughs> and we had we went uh, two for three out of the out of the group, so can't complain for bow hunting. That's not too bad. No, so you know, and, and it is weird too because that uh, like you're talking about that September tenth through fifteenth. You know, like the days leading up to that, it was like 100 degrees still yeah. in September. And then it just started snowing. Yeah, I think everybody, yeah, yeah. It started snowing, which is strange. Yeah, <laughs> kind of <laughs> jumped right past fall, direct into winter in just a few days, and just got used to being baked all summer. Just yeah. hot, yeah. hot, hot. And, you know, even I was thinking, I, I can't even remember any tanks holding water last year. You know, it seemed no. like by july they were all dried up and where most of my cams are are just up up a ridge where um from uh, little little springs that are they're not on maps that i know of 
Yeah. But it's been a nice little transient area where even if somebody's to find it, they have to do some due diligence and work to find the cams. So I've never left it on water just yeah. because. Oh, know, yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> I try not to. Somebody, yeah, I know. There's so many. Well, you know how it is. I, I do. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 dirt, well, it's funny. A lot of, in New Mexico, a lot of the dirt tanks that have water, people put cameras on them, but a lot of the dirt tanks down here are right on main roads. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know why you'd put it there. You might get something at night. That's cool. But then yeah, <laughs> what I'd worry about the most is just foot traffic. I mean, everyone and their mom does the same thing. They check the tanks thinking Agreed. that they're going to hunt that tank. But I'm like, it's, I mean, it, don't worry, I'm sure it always can happen, but it's hundred yards off the road. And or closer. Or closer. <laughs> yeah. Closer. And so I just don't think that's a good place to put a camera. So I just got lucky this past season. I did a lot of hiking and mostly looking for sheds and I always carry a camera with me and you know just like you I found two places that had springs that weren't marked and they had good water in them Mm -hmm. and you could tell they were they were drinking out of them so I'd set them up there and sure enough they're you know they were hitting it really really hard because water definitely down here was on a scarce compared to normal Right. right but we didn't get a chance to, we still haven't had a chance to head up to try to get goats on the cameras and, um, oh no, no, I forgot we did. We, we found like the lone juniper tree where these, um, where these mountain sheep hang out and we put it on that tree and you go up to check it and you could see the tracks everywhere, but nothing on the camera. It's like they totally avoided the camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're kind of devising like a little... I don't know. We need to put it on a ridge where they like to walk the ridge line. I think we're just going to mm-hmm. drive a, uh, what do you call it? Just some rebar right in the ground and attach right. it that way and see if that works. I don't think anybody will touch it just because it's in an area that just, if you're not looking to do what we're doing, you would have no reason to be there. Like it's not sure. a desirable area to go camping. <laughs> you don't want to right. hike there. It's It's hot. It's blazing. It's on a knife ridge where it's just, if it's not hot and blazing, it's windy and just blowing like you and believe. So I, I don't think anyone's going to mess with it. So mm-hmm. it's more or less just welding it all together because we're going to weld one of those uh, uh, those bear, what do they call them? Those uh, the camera protectors, the metal ones that stealth cam sells. Mm-hmm. I think they call mm-hmm. them bear protectors or something like that. But really, yeah. it's a human protector. <laughs> so yeah. you know, weld it to some a rod and just pound it in the ground, and I think that's what we're going to try. I had not works. thought of that. That is a phenomenal idea. Well, we thought we, you know, talking to you, how you were doing it, we thought mm-hmm. about that. And then we're looking in this, like I said, on this, it's kind of like a knife edge ridge where you can just see the track. It's just tracked out. But I'm like, I, I, I couldn't figure out where to stick it in a rock where mm-hmm. you would just see, you know, hoofs walking by rather than an actual body. You know, we have to get it off the ground and it's just... This one area that we we always see them, it just has to be elevated up, or is it's not going to catch anything? That, well, that's what we think. So we're going to find out. So yeah, that's what we're going to try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still. I cannot find um, bighorn sheep. They'll they'll walk around it. They'll oh. walk a ridge under it, but I cannot get them on. Whereas the uh, the mountain goats, I've been fairly fortunate with yeah. to be able to find them on just these sheer passes just these ledged areas where nothing else is going to come in there and find them but with the bighorns it's always been 
more of a transition area and there's there's wider areas between yeah. you know the trees and the rock ledges and it is frustrating to come back you leave a camera for you know six months and there's 20 20 videos and it's all of the <laughs> birds or the wind yeah ours is the opposite we did three thousand videos and it was the wind blowing the buffalo grass around you're like oh, great that was a little too sensitive on the camera fair <laughs> see it i'm the same way i was like no it's got to be extra sensitive because we don't want to miss anything yeah 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 you know you don't i know that camera i was telling you i went to go change the batteries on it doesn't get hammered it's more or less like i said it's a transition it's not to i use it for intel for when it comes to shed hunting you know do they are they going up without shed without their their racks are they heading up with them so that way i know i'm like okay i'm gonna go down or we're gonna have to head up and i was looking through all the the camera pictures i'm like there's like 300 and sometimes, you know, they hang out there and set it off a bunch. And they're hitting it pretty regularly. About every three to four days, you'd, they'd be in the area. And then they disappeared and didn't see nothing for a solid month and a half. And then the first picture that shows up after almost a month and a half on it, I'm um, thumbing through the pictures, was a mountain lion. And okay. I, it's, I think it's like only the second mountain lion I ever caught on a camera. And he looked like a pretty young, I mean not young, but just, a young Tom, not a young, young Tom, but just barely starting Tom. And he must have been, I guess he was, I'm thinking that's why the reason he had them all, why they weren't showing up, he was running the, the draws, keeping these guys moving around too much. Absolutely. So, but I've only caught him once on there. And when I was in there, I didn't cut any, no predator tracks when I was heading in there, which is, I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. And he was heading up, which is, you know, that camera's been there I keep it, it's been almost three years. Yeah, three years will be the third year that I've kept it on this ridge. First time it's caught a cat on there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he, he's gone or he's full or something <laughs> and staying away from there. Yeah. It's fascinating how big their their areas are. I uh, I was able to, last year, got a, a big tom with a GPS collar on oh, nice. and couldn't get any information out of the state just i don't know if it's super secretive or top secret or how it works but uh asked quite a few avenues but i just love to be able to see what those areas are to see what's on that gps on that cat and what the overall area is but uh to to your point i thought it was very interesting that the uh when that lion moved in absolutely almost everything stopped just overnight (laughs) and then slowly animals came back and then slowly they went away or actually quick once he came back yeah but it was always like getting lions on cam because just where where my stuff is i don't get a lot of predators i rarely get bears or lions and stuff so every once in a while it's fun to get something new yeah i um i think i posted on our instagram but we had one because like the water was so bad that it's like reminds me of like the Serengeti Plains. It's like they don't care no more. They'll drink water with predators now. And there was a a cub at this spring, and on the other side is a coyote. You know, <laughs> drinking from the same uh, opposite side of the the spring. You know, which uh-huh. that's the first I ever got. I figured just because it's so hot and dry, they're just. They don't care. They're like, yeah, whatever, man. I just need to get water and move on my 
want to go about my business. Absolutely. But that was a, kind of a cool picture to see. Shoot um, ya. But yeah, uh, elk wine, yeah. What I did was, like I said, we did, um, you know, Brian got to do elk. And then his, I think it's his, it's his wife's uncle. Um, I can't remember how old he is, but he'd been putting in for bighorn and desert bighorn forever. And he drew uh, this past season. <laughs> he drew for the first time, or first time, it's a once in a lifetime hunt here. Uh, he drew uh, desert bighorn and they, the region down that he likes to go down there in southern New Mexico. And so Brian was going to help him out, you know, which is, I mean, just to go on the hunt and it's almost a hundred percent success rate. Cause there's no, there's no hunting pressure on these things. Cause it's, they don't they issue so many or they issue hardly any tags. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was funny how it went. He, uh, he tells me, he's like, yeah, I told him cause they were down there. He, once he knew that he had the tag, his uncle or his wife's uncle had been down there in this mountain range for like all summer long, keeping his eyes on everything. Cause you know, you're going to max out your once in a lifetime tag. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, Brian was like, well, when I get up for it, I'll head down there, glass out. You know, he's an older gentleman, so I'll help him out, pack him out. You know, there's a lot of people down there that were helping because they wanted to make sure that they got a, got one down. And uh, But he, at the same time, it's way down south. I mean, it's probably a good five-hour drive from where we're at. And he's like, well, text me if you shoot one because I don't want to <laughs> drive five hours. <laughs> find out you're shot one. You already got out the mountain and you know, it's a 10-hour round trip or nothing. And it's funny because I get a text about nine o'clock in the morning. He's like, I'm already headed back. I was like, I didn't even make it an hour down. <laughs> and they said they already had one out. And he sent me the picture. It was a nice uh, desert bighorn too. Great. They kept, you know, like I said, his uncle or his wife's uncle is still a stack about it. You just, I'm sure I could imagine when you find a D-draw, you just are out there all the time looking and looking and looking. I'd almost put everything on pause. Even if I drew a good bull elk tag, I think I'd put everything on pause, especially on, I don't know about where you're at, but here it's a once in a lifetime tag, so... Yeah. You want to maximize that as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's um, here, you can either put in for rocky or desert. Uh-huh. And so you have to kind of, whichever one you, you know, you, you fall into, you have to see it out to through the end. Whereas with um, Rockies, you can at least garner preference points. Whereas the desert, it's just luck of the draw. It's oh. pure lottery. <laughs> it's pure lottery. And so, so you're, you, you just kind of just make a decision. You go, mm, well, if I can get a Rocky eventually, um, then I can start putting it in for desert. It's, <laughs> it's a wild emotional ride. Yeah, I know. I, he's his, and I don't even know his, his wife's uncle, but he's only one of two people that I kind of know or actually know that is actually drawn here in New Mexico is actually drawn a tag. You know, obviously people are drawing them, but those are only two. I've only known two people. We had a retired firefighter that we knew. Uh, he'd been putting in for about thirty years, and right, I mean, per, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better. Right when he retired, he drew uh, bighorn, or he drew, either you know you can have your choice kind of. You can put in for bighorn or or desert, but mm-hmm. once you draw, it doesn't matter which one you draw. That's your draw. You're done. You can't ever put in ever again. You can put in for uh, females. Those are. Yeah. Uh, they don't give out a lot, but those are, if you could, if you're lucky enough to draw it every single year, you could hunt them every single year. But, um, he drew after, right when he uh, retired, he drew and he tagged out on his, uh, on his bighorn or desert bighorn sheep. His once a lifetime draw. <laughs> yeah. So 
we have a bunch of them down here. We have the Rocky Mountains, the what do they call it the on range ibex, mm-hmm. and then you got oryx as well, which is once yeah. with the rifles once once in a lifetime. So we keep putting in. Still haven't done it, drawn it though. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You start looking at the the odds, and you're like, "Holy smokes!" The odds are definitely stacked against you. Like at Rocky Mountain, I think like uh, like four thousand people put in for the fifteen yeah. twenty tags they give. <laughs> yeah. Now, do the odd ads or Barbary sheep? Uh-huh. Is that's a different spinoff, right? That doesn't. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Those are. I, I know. We've been, me and Brian have been putting in a form for several, several years and haven't drawn it. And then I know guys that have drawn barbary sheep four years in a row, but they can't draw elk to save their lives. <laughs> wow. So I'm not sure which is, I'm like, hey, I don't know, which is bad, man. I'm like, I really love hunting elk, but man, I'd really like to go hunt, you know, after barbary. We have over the counter barbary, <laughs> right. but there's a reason why it's over the counter barbary. It's, it's, uh, God, it's got, it's the nastiest, rockiest spikiest terrain you could possibly think of sure <laughs> that's why that's why it's the over-the-counter because not too many people want it to i mean people do and they're they're successful at it it's just do you want to uh i'm not sure where to compare it where you're at but you know for the guys like in utah it'd be like hunting do you want to hunt the the front you know the wasatch you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. that but imagine cactus you know mm-hmm. even the rocks themselves are spiky because it's all this like <laughs> i can't even explain it it's uh it, these mountains are, from my understanding, are like used to be an old ocean bottom floor, you know. So it's all this like, it's cool. You'll see fossils and old shells and stuff in there, but it's, I mean, it's a spiky, spiky rocks. I mean, you can't put your hand on. You got to have leather gloves on. You can't even hike around <laughs> that stupid place. But that's the problem. Well, not the problem. It's just do you want to? Right. Do you want to do it or not? And it's over the counter, yeah. and you can buy one. The tag's good for. Shoot, I think it's seven months out of the year. Oh know? wow. So you can see now would have been the time to go do it. If you could do the cold, now is the time to go yeah. do it because they during the you know real dry season, it's funny no one tags out hardly even on the the draws because they blend into the desert so well. But if the okay. snow hits, holy smokes, yeah. Barbary sheep, you know, weren't meant for the snow and they pop out like sore thumbs. And you can see it on Instagram as soon as the snowstorm hits when it does yeah. during Barbary season, everyone's tagging out because they're just those poor things cannot you know they're just more meant for snow and they stick out like sore thumbs absolutely in that season but um haven't drawn that and we we keep talking about doing over the counter and we just never do because i don't know we just get lazy and right life gets busy you know right the the elk hunt is usually the one that we pull our time into and we stay up there for almost the full 14 days and that already puts the our family over the edge. <laughs> so. Sure. Uh, but, so what do you think about what's going on in Utah with the whole camera thing? Man, it's wild. I am, I feel for him. It seems to me just another step of government overreach, <clears throat> just the way that the bill and everything is being written and um, added to. It's yeah. just I don't know. It doesn't set right with me. No, it doesn't with me either. And then, you know, we have our own problem. We have our own problems here in New Mexico. We have, you know, they've already banned, um, coyote, you know, we call them coyote co- calling contests and mm-hmm. they banned those. And that just hurts the ranchers. Really. That's what it was really meant for. I mean, these, we, 
you know, there's a guy up in northern New Mexico that we buy antelope tags off of, and man, he should he spends a lot of money dealing with with mm-hmm. coyotes because during the birthing season, that's when he has the biggest problem. Absolutely, and they will literally people understand the coyotes will eat as they're birthing out of the out of the cow. They'll just start e- eating them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know when you're running fifteen thousand acres. You know, wow. there's only so much you can, you know, keep an eye on when they're birthing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what else are they? Oh, now now they're wanting to ban. I haven't read in the bill too much because I'm not a big trapper. Not that I'm not against it or anything like that. I just, like I said, if, once they infringe on one, how when how far will they take it? Mm-hmm. And I probably should be more of a point for the poor trappers here and where we're at. But they're trying to ban trapping on. Um, public land but i'm not sure if it's only state property or if it's all federal lands i'm not sure if our state can do that only i I could be wrong but i think they can only ban it on state property i mean the feds i don't think they have any control over the feds yeah like blm and and, uh u.s forest service but you know you have two or three people say oh it's horrible blah blah a dog gets caught in one which yeah that sucks Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to the rules and regs you're not supposed to have your dog off the leash in the forest service it's illegal I, I know people do it and that's fine but right, don't be surprised right. if it gets stuck in a trap though <laughs> it's right. gonna happen you know yeah. they're allowed to have the traps and sure i think our proclamation for fur trapping fur bearing trapping is thicker than the regular proclamation on the rules and regs you know it's crazy that's how many right. rules and regs are already there right so right. yeah with the whole utah situation i'm sure you probably feel the same way i think that uh what's the name ryan carter put a pretty good video out he did um but like i said when does where do they draw the line at okay Cameras. Right. Okay, then, what do you want to? How far do you want to take it? Rangers, you know, range finding, uh, mm-hmm. high-powered scopes, high-powered rifles, da 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 da. And <clears throat> and you know this being a hunter. In reality, is if you look at the at the the harvest reports, and everyone has access to this. Even these, you know, I'm sure these centers don't even look at them. But right. It's like he said. I, I know in New Mexico for bow hunting alone, even with your high high, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like the Gila and stuff like that, where there's elk everywhere, all combined as a combination of just an elk. I know that it's only like twenty percent success rate. I think it's even lower than that for bow. And sure. for rifle, it yep. doesn't go up much higher. It's like thirty percent. Yeah, some units, depending on when the hunt is, you know, you might have a higher success rate for that particular hunt. But that unit doesn't produce. Oh, just take like a sixteen unit down the Gila on a the first muzzleloader hunt. People like that mm-hmm. one because you still catch the back end of the rut. And so, yeah, the success rate on that one might be 70%. But if you look at all the other hunts, front and back of it, they're mm-hmm. still low. You know, they're Absolutely. not super high. <laughs> so, you know, the whole camera thing, I'm like, you're not giving really an advantage. I don't know about you. I, there are guys that, that can find yeah. an animal on a camera and they're able to, to take it down. But mm-hmm. with my experience, um, areas that we keep them up where we deer hunted, all the deer we saw in there, I never saw one of them. Right. <laughs> I never saw one of them. I don't know where these guys go, but we never Agreed. saw one of them, and we never shot at one of them, you know? You know, and, and that's how my elk are. I have a general understanding that I am not going to see those same elk during the time that they're there. It's a summer range, and as soon as, you know, the rut oh, starts yeah. coming on and things start changing or, you know, a late monsoon or a uh, early snowfall they're not there yeah absolutely not and yeah. i'm 
if I'm lucky, I can find them glassing a month or two later. <laughs> I, but <laughs> when I get on trail cam, I'm not hunting. And if I, I don't know where they go. I haven't thought of where they go. Yeah. But that still needs to be proved. Yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> to say that it gives me a distinct advantage, I, I'm not, I'm not proving that I'm not living that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to hear this podcast and yourself know that, uh, Ryan Carter runs an outfittership and you hear how many cams he's running. And mm-hmm. I think his last post was of that, some bull that they call chunky monkey. Yeah. Chunky monkey. And he died of old age. Right. No one ever was able to shoot this guy. And you're like, right. and he wasn't the only one. I think, uh, all the main two are him. And was it times up? The times up guys have a lot of footage of him. And right. they're outfitters yep. too, but between those two, I mean, pretty good outfitters and have a pretty good key where this guy hangs out during where he summarizes. Mm-hmm. They, they never found him. You know, they found him right. dead of old age. <laughs> and I think that was a perfect classic um, mm-hmm. scenario saying like, you know, couldn't find him. Don't know where he goes. You know, they're elusive. <laughs> as yeah. big as they are, you think they wouldn't be, but they're right. stinking elusive animals. They're really good at it. Yeah. Really, really good at it. And it's it's fun to just, I don't know, put a trail cam up and just try to take a census of what's in that area and say it's between this and this. And if I can find that, that's phenomenal. And if I end up with another cow, well, <laughs> I've got food for the for the winter. Yeah, yeah. There was, over this past uh, summer, we caught one. Um, this I've never seen anything like this bull before. It was funny as I caught him on lower down. We had two cameras. One was kind of i mean low you're it's pretty hot where it was at you know you know juniper pinon and then the other one was up up in the spruce same general as a crow flies maybe two miles from each other but elevation wise two different elevations you know in the day during the middle of the day one it'd be you know 80 degrees and the other one nice and cool 65 degrees um we've been running those there forever and out of nowhere this bull shows up you know mid growth season and I'm looking at him, and he's got, he just got trash everywhere as a bull. You, know, you don't see bulls with drop tines and split G1s and all that stuff. And he's everything you could think of, and he was only mid-growing. But then he disappeared. He showed up for maybe, well, let's say this. He showed up for two or three videos, and that was it. He never showed up on this tank ever again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know where he went. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, that's a steady mm-hmm. source of water. Like I said, during this past summer, it was the only source of water, you know. And then during the rut, when I went to check it halfway through the rut, there he was. He showed up out of nowhere on, yeah. uh, you know, two miles of the crow. You know, that's not very far for an elk, but I have no idea where he went the rest of the time. Like, where did he go? You know, there's, I like to think I know where, where the water sources are at, but, you know, kind of like you were saying, there's these secret little, springs that aren't marked that they could be getting water out of and who knows there's some and you know there's there's some nasty country and they can be in it mm-hmm. i've been caught in some nasty country trying to set up cameras or trying to find your areas and I'm like what am i doing there's <laughs> never going to be an animal here and then you look down and you'll find elk crap and you're like well never mind <laughs> yeah absolutely but yeah i i hope those last time i kind of checked in on it on those guys that are really you know, trying to keep an eye on that bill it looked like it made it out of the committee to get to vote on which sucks that it even made it out of because once they made a committee it i hate to say it, from what i've seen from 
a union standpoint when we work in the fire department that man if it makes it a committee it yeah. usually passes <laughs> yeah but um, hopefully it's just a, a nonchalant bill that just isn't priority for their state you know that happens a lot too i've noticed that sometimes things make it out of committee but they don't want to hear on the floor because there's just too many more important things they got to hear and they never you get would, to it you would think that there's with the, with the state of the union right now that there's exactly. much more important things than- <laughs> way more important things i know exactly i'm like you're worried about that <laughs> but given the status of the country right now that's what you're worried about i was like man our priorities are way backwards right now <laughs> we got bigger agreed. stuff to fry you know agreed but, yeah, yeah it, where does it stop you know See, and I guess that's my my whole entire the opinion on it is if it's this now, then what? And you were making great points too. Is it is it this apparatus or is it only this muzzle loader is allowed? Like when 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 does it stop? Where does it stop? Yeah. Is, yep. Where does it stop? And when does it stop? And um, what's interesting about here when they banned the coyote calling contest, and that was the call. Okay. Basically, it was the call. The it was to get guys out have a good time and call the coyote populations down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, guess what? I, I'm sure you've heard government trappers. We have them here in New Mexico. There's, mm-hmm. They're federal, the federal mm-hmm. government. And if they get enough complaints in the area, all they do, people don't realize, okay, if they're not doing it on the ground. Guess what? The government's going to do it themselves because they're going to protect the investments of the farmers and the ranchers. Yep. And they're up there doing it from a helicopter or plane and they just fly over and they see a coyote and blast them and they just keep going until mm-hmm. they until they hit their goal. And so I'm like, do you realize that's what, what's going to happen anyways? Like, this is what's going to happen. And it's going on and no one even blinks an eye. But they hear coyote con- con- contest and they think you're a savage. <laughs> I'm like, well, the government's just blasting from the air from a helicopter. <laughs> you know, just leaving them to die. You know, they didn't get the fur out of it. You know, there's, I mean, that, literally that's what happens, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just. No, I agree with you. Crazy, but people live in this weird dreamlike world, you know. Yeah. It seems like it's getting worse and worse at this delusional world where <clears throat> whatever is, is made up and it's about feelings and emotions. Yeah. But it has no real correlation what with what actually happens on, on the ground. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's fascinating to see it <laughs> unfold. I know. I know. Who's another guy? Uh, what's his name? Ryan Tuttle. You know, he runs a lot of cameras. Mm-hmm. I don't see him shooting the ones that he catches all the time, you know? You know, it comes well, down it, to it, drawing the tag when you draw it, and then can you find it? <laughs> Well, I've always aligned with what Ryan Tuttle said on one of his posts years ago is trail camming just gives me something to do while I'm waiting to draw these coveted <laughs> tags. These yeah, years exactly. and years of waiting. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, I tell people, you know, they're like, oh, man, that's really cool. You know, they talk about it the last lot of friends and people will ask about the cameras and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people like to see what we catch on them. And I always tell people, it's like, you, know, you don't even have to hunt to be into trail camming. You could just do it for fun and see what you see what's there. You know, I'm sure you you know every now and then you just throw one up and like, hey, let's put one here and see what happens. You know, see what we catch on. And sometimes we're surprised. I'm like, whoa, dude, we had one way down south. We threw up uh, two seasons ago. Uh, it was a late January bow hunt, and um, when we picked the camera up, it had a lion on it, deer, which we were expected, and then it had 
um, which I wasn't expecting. It had a, I can't even think of the name now, Havelina on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, I didn't know they're that far north, <laughs> you know, which is not far from Albuquerque. And <laughs> there's Havelina not too far from us, you know. Yeah. Wouldn't have guessed it. But it's a, it's a fun, addicting habit. I'm sure you are, too. You just can't wait to check a camera after it's been, you have to let it sit. That's the hardest part is letting it sit for a couple of weeks. You know, you want to check it all the time, but you know, that's not realistic. <laughs> oh, I tell you, at, at the beginning, it was checking them monthly and then, you know, work got busier and busier. And so it's okay, well, I'll check them quarterly. <laughs> and the the mountain goats, those are the ones that have really taught me patience throughout oh. <laughs> it all. I get to check them twice a year. Wow. And it is just murder because everything you learn it, at least with elk or something like that you can oh, okay no i figured this out i can change this up or i can move this here this makes sense of why they're here let me adjust this and then it works out yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> mountain goats it's no. okay well, i'll try that next year oh man what a i've kicked myself so many i'm sure times you've done i've it's embarrassing sometimes brian will go well let's, yeah, let's go together and just kind of you know, just get out of the house and go for a hike and go check a mm-hmm. cam. And I'm like, yeah, I found a new spot. And it's, some of them are, you know, depending on where at, they're in there. And you roll up and you unlock it and you look in, you're like, ooh. And he, you know, he, he could already tell us, like, what'd you do? And I was like, oh, you're oh, going to yeah. kill me, man. And like, what happened? He's like, I never turned it on. Oh, no. <laughs> I've done that. Or I've left them in test mode sometimes. I'm like, oh, my God. Why did I, oh, no. how did I pull that one off? It just, um, I lost the keys for the locks for a lot of the boxes. I have no idea. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so now I'm going to have to carry bolt cutters and cut them. Oh, no. And that's going to suck. <laughs> I haven't YouTube yet. I just, have, you know, I just don't have time. You know, most of the cameras I can't get to yet, so it won't be till May. But I'm, I need to start looking like, can I carry something small to get these locks off or right. pick them? Or I'm like, I, and it sucks. I came back, and I remember I went to wash my backpack, and I pulled all the keys out. And I remember I put them in a new Ziploc bag because the other one was getting to the point where it was falling apart. Uh-huh. And I washed the backpack and I went to put everything back in and I couldn't find the keys. I, I still can't. I've, I've tore the stupid house apart. And oh, my. I can't find out where they're at. I have no idea. <laughs> I have anxiety for you. I can't even imagine losing my keys. Oh, jeez, man. It sucks so bad. Like, I just think about it. I'm like, how did I pull that one off? And then I, I did find two keys or well they're look like keys that i would have used for the or for the locks that i used and so that the last time i checked uh a month ago i checked a camera and just plowed through two miles of snow which sucked it uh yeah none of them fit <laughs> so i was like man talk about insult to injury i was like okay i'll just have to come back with a bolt cutter which so do you just run your combo lock or do you you i think they're the python locks I run just a regular, uh, I'm going to call it a master lock, but the old school kind of padlock, uh, master lock thing. I don't do the okay. the codes. And that actually might be a better idea because that way at least you have no. the code, you know. But right. working in the <laughs> – uh, if any firefighters hear this, they're going to be so furious. But the, uh, the codes, you can – of course, you're talking about someone that has to have a lot of patience, but of course we did. You can you can figure them out. <laughs> That's what has me worried. I'm like, man, we figured them out at work. I don't know if I want to leave them on a, <laughs> on a $200 camera, you know. 
right. you can mess with them and, and I don't know how to explain it. You can feel it. You're like, nope, that's it right there. And it'll come off, you know. But of course, those are the, the cheaper ones. But, you know, I don't know. They still kind of worries me putting the combo ones on there. <laughs> See, so that's what I, so I started doing the combo locks and then putting the Python on. So oh. I was like, ah. I guess where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. If you really want all of this, and but I just kept. If you're going to go through that effort to take this, it's probably not going to be in a workable um, uh, state for whoever wants it. If they have to get both of those off. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I've just deceived myself into making it think I or <laughs> making me think I've made it harder. Yeah, I think. It was funny as my dad was talking to me. He's like, so well, why don't you take up a hacksaw? And I was like, oh, no, it's not going to work. He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, can't you get to the bolts? I was like, because he doesn't understand. I showed him how, like, I had, I have a box at home, and I showed him. He's like, oh, yeah, you can't, you can't get to the screws. I was like, no, I can't because I have the locked <laughs> on there. And he's like, well, can't you just yank it out the tree? And I was like, I lag bolted on there <laughs> with, like, three-inch right. lag bolts. And it's like, I made it specifically mm-hmm. that if they want the camera, they won't be able to use it after they're done. There's no way. Sure. And because yes. he's even thinking like, well, maybe you can get behind the box with the hacks on. I was like, no, I sucked <laughs> it down so tight with my, I, it sucks carrying it up there, but I carry a, you know, a, not, not even just yeah. a cordless drill, but it's a cordless um, impact wrench sure. drill. And I suck it on the tree as tight as I can. Cause I'm like, <laughs> like we're joking. I'm like, if you want it, you can have it, yeah. but you ain't going to be able to use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, there goes the whole hacksaw, everything else. That's hilarious. Um, no, I completely understand. Uh, and then I, I used to, it sounds crazier than heck, but I used to not put locks on them. And um, two yeah. years ago, I had two go missing. One of them was my fault because I had it on this tank and no one was going up this area. It was just in a, a weird place that no one was walking. And so I put it like basically like ankle height because it was higher up. I needed it lower down to catch the elk because if I put it too down low on the tank, it, the trees were so thick it wouldn't catch anything. And okay. um, when I I was scared leaving it there for, um, what do you call it, uh, for hunting season, but I'm like, nah. I, I mean, it's just so obscure you just wouldn't think about it, but no. Yeah, when I went to go get it, it was gone. <laughs> and I was already a month into the, the bow hunting season. Someone saw it right away and grabbed it, but Oh, right. well, that was my own fault. And then the other one, honestly, I don't know how that one went missing because I've never caught a person on it in my since it's been this one spot, and then it was just gone. And I have a feeling they were, I don't think they were hunter hunters. I, I have a feeling it, they were, I think it was an outfitter. I really do because I think they were going up to a glassing point to glass down, and I'm almost positive it was an outfitter that grabbed it because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just have a feeling. But... Oh, well, I've learned, hard lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I've always, and I don't know if this is uh, something I've created in my head, but where I have most of my trail cams, like, it's not easy to get to them. Uh-huh. And if you put in the effort, the only people I really see doing that are bow hunters. Oh. Yeah. And when they're on there, they just wave. Yeah. It's always been the coolest yeah <laughs> but, but places where i like it takes 20 25 years to draw an elk tag and i have you know cams on water yeah those are the only three i've ever lost wow. and yeah. they were very accessible to you know somebody on a four-wheeler 
Gotcha. But I just imagine the laziest, sloppiest person looking at it and go, oh, well, that's mine. Yeah. And so since then, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if I created this false facade, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to take this, you're going to have to really work for it. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be usable. But it's also to that point where most of the people that I try very hard to put it in places where just people aren't generally going to be. Yeah. But it always seems like they've been the coolest people as well. Like <laughs> just I, waving and understanding that they're on. So. Yeah, yeah. That there's only I think I've only come across. I mean, of course, who knows? Where, I'm not really looking for cameras, but this one that I found <laughs> was just by pure stinking luck. I was on this bowl, and I was trying to figure out where I wanted to drop in on it. And I was on a, kind of like a knife. I was on a pretty good edge, and so I was kind of holding on to small baby trees. Just keeping my balance as I was working my way around to decide where I wanted to drop in. And I grabbed a tree. I mean, you're talking a tiny spruce. And I looked over, and there's a camera on it. And I was like, well, there you go. And the first one, that's the only one I've ever found by accident. And I just looked at it and waved and went on. Sure. You know, I could have ripped sure. it off if I wanted to. But, you know, I always, we always joke before I started locking them up. I'm like, man, if you find one, you can take the SD card out. You can check it out and see what's hitting there. Yeah. Just put it back. Yeah, and go on. You know, it's, yeah. if you want to do that, I, I, honestly, I care less. Just don't mess with the camera. I don't know why people have to do that. Like, right? You know, I, it's just such a strange, weird thing th- that some guys feel the need to, to think they're there, so they damage them, or they'll grab them. You know, I, I haven't had to do it. I've seen other people where they grab them, they'll pull them around the tree, so they're facing in opposite direction. You know, and I'm like, right? I just don't get it because. You know, <laughs> we're all going to hunt the same area, so <laughs> good luck, you know. <laughs> Just take no, the intel, could. the free intel. You didn't have to do the work and download it and then put it back in and move on, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know why guys can't just do that. And, you know, I, like, see, I, me personally, I don't have a problem with that, you know. But Yeah, I'm, I'm more inclined to be okay with that than coming and everything's gone or yeah. destroyed or yeah. the trees cut down. I'm like... Really? That was a bit extreme. <laughs> I haven't happened. I've seen a couple guys post them on there, but um, I had one uh, that I just ha- I was real lazy in picking it up. And I was like, oh, I should probably get it. And then I saw that they were uh, doing a prescribed burn where I had it at, and I was like, Oh my god, my luck will be. I'll get there, and, and they do a prescribed burn, and it'll be melted on the side of the tree. And right. when I got up there, like the forest road that I went on. They had burnt north, the distance south of it, and my camera's on the south side of this forester's road. Thank God! So they never even sure. got close to fire. But I, it, you know, I'm, I'm like, thank God. But I've seen a couple guys where they've been lucky. Their cameras actually show the flames go by and everything, and their cameras are still functioning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I haven't. Kind of, did you catch anything interesting they didn't share on your social media? Or? Um, no, I'm. So I've got a handful of cams that are down in the San Juans. Mm-hmm. I've got this dying urge to find links on on cam. Oh, but it's it is absolutely wild. I the the Division of Wildlife absolutely has it on wraps. They are, won't tell you anything. Will not tell you anything. And then you're like, and then they'll kind of say, well, whatever information you do get, you, please share it with us. And I'm like, well, that's, that's a hard pass. If yeah, you, yeah. Like at least giving me a jumping in point, I would have absolutely done that. But I'm so fascinated with trying to find one links. And um, 
that's I can't find them. Like I don't even know where to start for them. Yeah, yeah. I, those are I mean, bobcats are are pretty. So I, you know, it's funny. I've, I've actually seen bobcat in person. I mean, for a split second, you don't see them. They don't hang out for very mm-hmm. long. And by the time you realize what's going on, they're out of your sight, and you realize what it was. But right. I, I've caught one year. We caught quite a few bobcats, not a lynx, but bobcats on the, the cam. But uh, like I said, the ones that are that would be cool are big horns and um, what's another one that it's a goal that I'd really like to get. There's a couple goal like, all right, I got one. You know, of course, mm-hmm. everyone the first when you first start getting into it, you want to catch an elk just ripping one right, you know, you right there, that classic, you know, uh, elk. 101 bugle right there in front of the camera you know those are fun to get when you first get those and then you start trying to okay let's see if we can get a we had a club one i had it in picture mode i wish i had it in video mode but we had a club a pretty crazy club bull show up out of nowhere pretty that was pretty cool um but nothing like a the mountain lions are cool but i want it'd be cool to have like a you know you see those ones with the mountain lion dragging a or attack right. you know grabbing a deer in front of the camera and stuff like that right. like those are right goals that man i guess you just have to run a lot of them to catch something like that or just know where the cat country's at and have them set up in those areas you know for sure yeah or yeah, uh, i think it's you always got those little hidden like i've got to get this at some point eventually it's going to work out <laughs> yeah yeah eventually it'll work out and <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah there's it's crazy the goals that you have try to get there's you know we have the the oryx and you yeah. could probably get those on game camera, but just we're just a little bit far enough. We're just far enough north where I'm like, if I commit, I'm committed to going down to where they're at. And obviously, you can't go on range. That's that's not going to happen. But there's a lot off range, and I just don't know where to go. Guys will yeah. video them off range all the time. There's off range hunts all the time. They're successful. I just don't know where I could put yeah. a camera up to catch one of these just in this natural setting without. You know, I just don't know where to go because there's such a as a, as, you know, you still, you know, you see them. It's just some. It's so rare, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people are so astonished that you can hunt them in the states in a right. basically a wild setting, you know. Right. But yeah, that's exactly how I feel about <laughs> bighorn sheep. Is just exactly mm-hmm. how you're describing. Like I know where they are, and I know where I can video them. But getting them on trail camera, oh. so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's another area I know where they like to hang out quite a bit, but there's not a tree to save your life for miles. That's the problem with that area, too. Fair. <laughs> well, you know, you, you got a lot of mountain goats, and you do have you have quite a few uh, sheep on there as well, but they're just in a lot rougher terrain where you can't. It's harder to put it, find a place to put a camera. You yeah. have to come up with, a, like you've come up with some pretty good ways of setting them up. Yeah, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look into this rebarb little cross type deal. Yeah, one of our buddies is you know, has a welder and stuff like that. He's like, oh yeah, like, I can weld something up. Just give me the box and we'll weld it together. I know, dig it. And then he's gonna drive in the ground and set it up that way. I mean, like I said, someone could take it easily, but <laughs> no one. If you like I said, if you see sheep country, it's not. The area that people will go like, oh yeah, let's go over to this mountain and go hike. No, you right. probably don't because it's not very scenic and it's hot. <laughs> it's not fun. Right. I've <laughs> got a great idea for the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to the most horriblest place. 
and right. walk around, you know. Yeah, those those animals will live in some nasty, nasty country. But, yeah. So what are you putting into this year? Are you putting all over the place, or are you just sticking to where you live? Um. So I usually put in for Utah, Wyoming, um, Colorado, and uh, New Mexico. Okay. Um. But I, I'm just in that the doldrums of preference points, or mm. preference point land, just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I kind of bummed out because I missed out on. I don't know how I did it. I missed out. Our whole group missed out on buying points this year from Wyoming because we don't put in yet. We're just kind of building sure. them up. Sure. And we totally missed out. And I'm sure you know it's not a secret. You you could go uh, on an antelope hunt and deer hunt with very few points in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And so we're just kind of waiting. This whole what's kind of nice is I think if I'm not mistaken, I think in Mexico for us we can put in by the time we get the results. The you haven't had to put in. I know you've already had to put in for elk, right? For Wyoming, the elk right. already passed. But for deer and antelope, that's still not till what a couple months, right? If I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. So I think we get the results back from Mexico before you even have to put in for Wyoming, and then we're gonna go from there. Mm-hmm. We have the points to draw. We're just not sure if we're gonna go for it yet. If we draw, then we'll just buy more points and <laughs> and wait. I know some people are like crazy when you start getting up to four or five points, especially for antelope in Wyoming, but. They don't cost that much, so it's not a big deal if it guarantees us the hunt when we're ready to do it, you know. Right, right. Deer, boy, you probably need to, I mean, you can do it with zero points. I know a lot of guys do it all the time, but we're up to three points up in Wyoming, so that's an option. The the hard part for Wyoming for us is we want to make it worth our while, so we're like, can we cross the units to where we can hunt both antelope and Mm and deer in the same unit or adjoining units, which I know you, you can, if you plan out right, you can do it. A lot of guys, I would say a lot of guys, I know a couple friends, close friends that, that do it a lot. Um, so that's an option too, to make it kind of worth the trip up there. Yeah. Not that it's super far, but it's, you know, when you drive seven hours, you want to you want to maximize it the best you can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But would you, what were your eyes on in New Mexico? Would you have eyes on everything or certain things? Dude, I would love to get down. Is it the Florida? No. Oh yeah, yeah, the Florida. Dude, I would always want, like, that's the dream to oh, do an yeah. IMAX hunt down there. But um, other than that, the elk and the Gila's. Uh, my dad, he hunted down there six years ago. Now, uh-huh. really love that area around Reserve. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and see if they'll. Any of the states will give me a desert bighorn tag. Oh. <laughs> always a big fan of that. Whenever they yeah. want to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I. I, uh, oh, when we were last, last night we went to a, uh, New Mexico Game Fish puts on like a little show when they're, when they were allowed to put on shows and, um, they have like four or five, uh, bighorns, you know, I'm not sure if they're winter kills or probably just some type of kills or something, you know, and I remember grabbing one and picking it up. I'm like, holy smokes, man. These things are stinking heavy. It must have weighed like yeah. 30 pounds. It felt like 30 pounds. I don't know if it was 30 pounds, but this definitely would be cool to draw that, you know. Mm-hmm. I do like the trifecta over there in Wyoming. That's kind of cool. When you read some of the stories on those trifecta, uh, I don't know if you do that trifecta thing, but it's tempting to do. I haven't ever done it yet, but I thought about doing it. 
Yeah, I did it the first year, and I was like, "Ah, you're just taking my money." <laughs> well, what they do, they really when I mean, you read that, where there's like they put a couple stories in there on people that have won the trifecta, uh-huh. and I think one of the stories was which, which is yeah, one in a bazillion. He would have like enough points to draw a bighorn, and then he used the trifecta, so he got to hunt. He had two tags for bighorn when he drew the trifecta. <laughs> you're like. Yeah, well, I don't think I'm that lucky. <laughs> right, I don't think I am either. <laughs> you know, but they suck you in with that story. I mean, that's not the only one. They, have, they put a couple in there to suck you in. You're like, oh, they're good at drawing you in on buying that li- that trifecta license, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, yeah. so we have Wyoming. I haven't thought much about Colorado. I always get worried about points because we never bought into the point system. And might, I know we're kind of thinking about doing Utah, at least the general season archery tag maybe, and seeing if that works out. But I don't know. <laughs> it's always hard to figure that out down the road, especially if you draw here locally. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. do, you, do you go for it or do not, you know? Yeah. Right. I just always figured that if I build preference points up over time, eventually I'd be able to do most of them at some point and make time for them. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I always viewed it. Yeah, we uh, same process. I I wanted. You might be more familiar than with me, but I try to keep try to understand the whole general elk license for Wyoming. And I'm like, do I do it or do I not do it? Because now that I retired, I could pull it off I just you know I don't know I don't I don't know enough about Wyoming to go like do I go for it and I haven't looked at the general season areas I'm like are they too I heard some people say they're so far apart like if you have a you know one to one unit and it's not good you might have to drive two hours to the other unit (laughs) to go hunt and I'm like man do I want to do that by myself possibly or do I just wait until I get enough points that way I can just draw where I want to go you know yeah, I've always just chased the points just because I can hunt elk locally. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. So that's why I've just always <laughs> yeah. yeah. figured I'd chase points. I know for, for us, you know, because the lottery down here and mm-hmm. it's, it's look at the draw, but man, you can get lucky <laughs> quite a few <Yeah>. times. <laughs> I tell yeah. a lot of staters all the time, I'm like, man, if you put in for those hunts, I would you'd be surprised on what you can draw, you know? I think people don't realize what, what they're able to. They, they, they think the lottery, they don't, they don't think they have a chance, but you actually stand a pretty good chance to get your money back, too. Except for, like, a minor, a minor I think most states do it now, a minor, what, you know, processing fee might be, like, $10 you don't get back. You know, it's not a whole lot. But mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are worried because, you know, you have to put up the money frontwards, but I'm not sure where you're at, but down here... I was talking to a friend of mine that was game fish, and he was saying the reason they had they went to that because before you didn't have to in New Mexico, you just buy your tags and if you drew, then you had to buy the tag. If you didn't buy the tag, you didn't get the tag. But they had to stop doing that because they said PETA, go figure, PETA was putting in for the draws and you know oh, no. drawing, and then they're tying up hundreds of thousands of licenses. That's what he said. They're they're holding. I'm not sure how they found. It. He didn't tell me how they found out about this. So that's why they went to the, put the money up front because, you know, sure. if Peter puts in for 10,000 tags in one state, they don't have the money to, they can't front the money, you know, in all the states to do that. So that could be, 
you know, my people get kind of upset about when you think about it that way. They're like, it sucks that they have to do it that way, but that's why they're, and at least in New Mexico, that's right. why they they went that route because of PETA was pulling tags and holding them, you know. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Bless their hearts. I know. You know, there's a well, there's a way, I guess. You know, like I said, right. bless their hearts, you know, they found a way, but, you know, then God came down here, they caught on to it and they put an end to it by saying you got to cop up the money up front. <laughs> so when mm-hmm. they put it for that many, you know, like I said, 10,000 tags, it's hard to cop up, you know, a hundred grand, you know, between all the fees and stuff. So it kept them, mm-hmm. from, kept them out of it. But uh, it just See, goes would, back to everything. Like, yeah. I always liked the way that New Mexico did it because it feels like I'm just always following this false sense of I'm going to get a tag, but I'm just always chasing points. And it seems like every five years it moves, you know, yeah. exponentially. I'm like, ah. Oh. But I don't know. We're in New Mexico. I was like, oh, it's a 50-50 chance. It's either yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes or no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. And, man, we've, we've debated that back and forth because I think us and was it, is it in Idaho? I think Idaho's all lottery mm-hmm. for the most part. Or I think if not right. all of us lottery. And, you know, we just went to Utah for some shows and went to Nevada, Las Vegas for some shows. And, you know, you hear about guys putting in for... 10 years for an elk in their own state. And I'm like, man, 10 years where you can even draw an elk. And I was like, you know, all of a sudden me and Brian find ourselves like, Oh shoot, man, I feel bad. You know, like, <laughs> like don't say anything. Don't say anything. Right. You know, and I think, I don't know if, if it's good that we don't have a point system. I'm sure people would could argue that back and forth, yeah. but I, I don't know. I think I, as of right now, I want to stay away from the point system. Right. <laughs> I think, yeah, they, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's benefits both ways and they can be argued to death. And oh, I don't, yeah. I like, I just, I don't know what it is. I just, in my mind, I've made it, made it so that I think New Mexico had it figured out. Yeah, and um, see, I, I wasn't, I just barely missed it, but, um, they, there was a time where I just was busy just doing, building a house, all sorts of stuff. And they tried a point system and they, and I don't know how you implement a system like that, especially when you've been doing lottery forever. And <laughs> some people said that it went, they started off of like, did you draw? They like went over like, when did you draw and stuff like that? And I'm like, what a mess. And I think they did it one year and they said, and they just dropped it and said, forget <laughs> it. We're going back to how we did it. Sure. And that was it. And the only thing that's really, really, and I think it's for the better that changed was uh, they went to paperless. So you have to do everything online. And then a lot of the older folks were complaining because, you know, they're not as techno savvy. But at one point they had computers inside the the offices for them to log on and, and do the stuff. Because they were not, they wouldn't even been over for people that didn't have computers to do paper. And there was some gravel over for maybe a year or two and then you don't hear nothing about it anymore. Yeah. And I think that's good. Now they're doing this new e-tag. So I don't really, I kind of like having the nostalgia of having a tag and notching it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you can opt for an e-tag, which is basically a a wireless tag. You download this app, and it gives you a number, but you still have to put it on the animal. I thought you could just maybe the way it sound was kind of cool. Like, oh yeah, you just have it on your phone, and you show the game of fish your e-tag, but um, you still actually technically have to find something to write it on and get it on the animal. And like, well, I was like that kind of defeats the whole point of having the right. having a tag. So that's not. But I get the tag anyway because I want the nostalgia of. You know, pointing yeah. out and notching the things off, and it still means something, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, sure. <laughs> but there's a lot of guys that, that I know of locally that have used it, and they like it, you know, and having to 
worry about it, you know, because it does have all your information on your phone, you know, all your heart, mm-hmm. your, your, all the tags that you need to go hunting. So it's kind of cool. They're progressively. Not quite like Wyoming. I like Wyoming how they have their, their, you know, all the units and stuff. You can change it over and stuff. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I, I looked at Colorado maybe about two years ago and it was super confusing. <laughs> it was confusing. First hunt, second hunt, third rifle hunt, fourth rifle hunt. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? I don't know which one to put in for. <laughs> it got maybe kind of confusing. Plan A, B, C. Yeah. <laughs> if you do this, you can also do this, but only if you do that, but not this. Yeah, I, I get you. We, uh, we have a friend that last year, I mean, he's, really matured into hunting and he's like yeah man i just went and bought an order license over the counter uh he got into bow hunting and bought an archery tag over the counter and i'm like man well how'd it go and he's like well he went up a couple times very unsuccessful didn't even see anything and then he went up a third time and he said he loved it he's gonna definitely do it again he didn't tag out but he said he was he was there he figured you know Mm -hmm. i don't know if he figured out but he went at the right time and he was having a, a good time and yeah. seeing elk and stuff like that. And so now it has this kind of incline. I'm like, well, I could do the bow hunting. I, I mean, I like bow hunting and it's, especially if you catch the back end of the rut or the beginning of the rut, you know, you can have some fun, especially if you know where they're at. Right. But, um, I guess it depends on how far you want, you know, where we're at, how far in Colorado you want to drive, which I want to stick to the Southwest portion if I don't have to, if I can don't have to drive any further than that. <laughs> right. But we'll have to see what we draw. It always comes down to what you draw in your own state before you Correct. <laughs> decide to venture out, you know. <laughs> yep. Uh, and it comes down to money and time on top of that. Mostly time, really. But so you got all four, what do you say, four states do you think you said you had on the <clears throat> on the agenda? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I never ventured into Arizona. No, I haven't either. And we had a, I just had a, you know, you have so many friends in the fire. You meet well, just people that you know. A guy moved recently mm-hmm. to Arizona from Colorado. He moved from Mexico to Colorado. He stayed guiding into Mexico. And then he moved to Arizona because his mom's pretty frail right now, I guess. But he's like, yeah, man, you should try, you know, you see everyone doing it, but I hope it's, it's not a trend. And then it just gets over flooded with the coos deer hunting, you know. But he said it was, he said it was fairly easy to draw that coos deer hunt. I'm not sure which one he was talking uh-huh. about, and I don't, I've never looked, I haven't looked into it yet to see, you know. Yeah. I'd like to. I know you can do it. What sucks is you can do it right here in New Mexico as a draw, and probably could draw it. But I just don't know much about coos, and it seems like Arizona has way more than New Mexico does. But I know they're down the heel, and guys, you know, they definitely hit them on the bow hunts and the rifle hunts too. You know. Because gotcha. a lot of the tags are any one deer, so they don't specify coos over mule deer. So in Mexico, you can shoot a deer as long as it's a forked antler deer, you know. Okay. Um, there are kind of some units that are specific or certain hunts that are specific for coos. And then in the eastern part of the state, uh, they do have, they did, sometimes there, there's a ha- pockets of whitetails, believe it or not, and... Um, you can hunt them on certain ones. It's just anyone deer again. So you could shoot a whitetail if you came across one mm-hmm. or you could be the, I don't know why you want to make it hard on yourself, but go after whitetail deer only. I didn't, I haven't seen that many whitetail out there, but they're out there for sure. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that they're there, but we were antelope hunting this past season. 
uh, up in Clayton, New Mexico, which is far northeastern. It's almost on the, I mean, you're like five miles away from Oklahoma and Texas. Okay. And uh, saw quite a few whitetail. I was surprised. Saw a big herd of about, not herd, saw about seven or eight uh, whitetails just blowing across the road as I'm going down to set up camp for antelope. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, man, and you started looking at the proclamation, and it just says mule deer, or it just says deer. You know, it didn't say, it didn't specify uh, whitetail. So I'm like, gee, you could draw that tag. Mm-hmm. Might find the buck in there, you know. But you'd be looking, I think you'd be looking for a needle in a haystack, though, unfortunately. But it would be pretty cool. Yeah. Or go to Oklahoma or Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a friend of yours, or did you, is it just a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have family that lives there. And okay. It's just a nice, there's no pressure, no stress. It is just a fun hunt. Yeah. No, uh, definitely jealous. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I just... It was, other than it being super cold, just a fun hunt. Just, here, come on down, hang out, grab some whitetail, go fishing. <laughs> no stress, no pressure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. i I uh been kind of looking around Texas quite a bit. You know, there's leases, and there's some that I found... Not really in the San Angelo area, but maybe a little bit more, I guess if you want to call it the San Angelo area. And they're not too bad at leases. My problem is, I'm like, man, it's a far drive to, because they're quote, you talk to the ranchers, like, yeah, it's all yours. Like, you just do whatever you want. You know, there's feeders set up, or you can bring your own feeder down. Or, you know, they might have some water, and you can kind of get it set up to where it's running again, you know. But it's up to you and how much effort you want to put into it to get game on there for when hunting season starts you know i'm like man alive that's so far to drive to do that kind of stuff (laughs) by myself at least you know if i can get a group of guys to buy into it we could probably we could do it for sure you know but just Uh, like man i don't know such a far drive that's where i think those wireless cameras would come in handy if you get get service you could set them up and see what's going on and see when you need to go down and redo your feeder (laughs) yeah yeah they're cheaper leases, but yeah, that's it's all you at that point. The ones that I can afford, you got to put the feeder up and make sure there's feed in them. <laughs> so, right. That would be pretty cool because the way they allocate the tags, if you not, it'd be pretty nice. Or I shouldn't say allocate the tags. It's just more or less how I understand it. I'm not sure if Oklahoma is the same way. It's just whatever seasons. It's almost like that. Every county is like their own little game unit. Yes. And it changes like what you're allowed to shoot that month. You know, it seems like this month is spikes only. The next month is bucks. And then the next month is either or, you know, so I'm like, but you can hunt every single month. I'm like, shoot, you can come yeah. out, you know, I know they're, it seems like they may be smaller. I heard they're bigger in Oklahoma, but, you know, if you can do it right, probably come out with, you know, four or five deer out of there. And that should be enough. Yeah. See, that's what I thought was wild. I thought, you know, I was buying a deer tag. They're like, okay, well, you you, you can shoot one buck and two does. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I know, that's Are so you crazy. sure? It's not legal? This is legal? <laughs> I, I was like, I'm very confused. Yeah. I don't understand this. Yeah, that's crazy. I My brother-in-law lives in Michigan. He doesn't hunt, but he knows that I do. And his, his, uh, on his wife's side of the family up in Michigan, they, they're bow hunters. Same thing. They, I think it's like you buy your tagging system and it's six tags. Like 
three buck and three dough. <laughs> Perfect. I'm like, oh my god, dude. And uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, I, they just they, his not his it was his father or something like that. Shot his father or his wife's grandpa shot all six, filled them out, and said, hey, you know, you want some? He's like, yeah. So he landed up being like a hundred pounds of whitetail, <laughs> just because his father, you know, their family shot that many deer were able to. But he says they're everywhere. He lives in. He's in a suburb of Detroit, and I mean, he goes on his morning walks. They're out there, there's <laughs> whitetail in people's yards right. all over the place. I'm like, yeah, not so much here, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I thought about going up there. They always asked me if I wanted to go up there and, and give it a try, but I just haven't taken them up on the offer. Maybe I will now that I'm not committed to anything anymore. <laughs> I'm looking for a job. I'm not a complete bum yet, but. <laughs> I keep telling my wife I'm I'm looking I'm looking so yeah you, you know it was wild because until this year like whitetails just never did anything for me it's like all right that's cool <laughs> right I didn't I didn't it just wasn't something that I'd willingly go and do I get to hunt elk every single year yeah or, you know every few years mule deer I was like I guess I could <laughs> but I'll tell you it was it was a nice nice break from the normal like had this i don't know just this wily air about me that i was like oh yeah no i'll go track it down i'm not gonna sit in a stand who sits in a stand <laughs> right so that i'll go just track him down but i got there i was like yeah i can't do this and so it kind of just changed my mind to it uh-huh but yeah i'm sure you probably see a little more action i'm guessing on those down there versus it's funny one of our good friends is a guide and he is i don't know how you are when you go hunting but i'm more of a guy that i have to be moving like i just mm-hmm. i have a hard time sitting down if i find a water hole i'm like okay i'm gonna do it i sit down and i can't do it <laughs> after like 30 yep. minutes it feels like 10 hours i'm like uh, i can't do it yep. and um i leave and my buddy was saying he's like more animal when he's been guiding here in new mexico he's like more animal will get killed on the water hole than them walking around. I was like, really? It's like, <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that, man. I mean, I could see for like clients, you know, they're on the old side and, and can't walk as much, but I'm like, I, I just, I can't do it. And this past season, I sat on a watering hole, sat there, and I sat there a solid two hours. And I'm like, this, I'm done. And <laughs> it was getting to the point where it was going to end anyways. It was, I'm losing light. And I was like, I'm going to make a quick loop up because I couldn't see behind this area that looked like it was meadowed out. And then I was going to buzz out more or less like a recon. Now I'm like in recon mode right. for the next day. I go around, I see back ends of elk right in the tree line. And I was like, mm, I'm, I'm 340 yards out. So nothing's going to happen. Nothing's even running or anything. So I, I'm like, I'm just going to leave them alone. So that way I don't blow them out. So I hit this old two track and started making my way out. And I looked down cause something caught my eye cause it was just way too brown <laughs> for it to be nothing. I looked down and the, on the water hole that I was sitting on, a bull had come out and he was drinking out of it. And I'm like, <laughs> see, that's why. And that just makes it worse. You know, yeah, it makes me more aggravated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it happens. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't have the patience. But I think if more game came in, you know, from what I've seen in, on whitetail hunts, it, it would, at least it seems like a little bit more comes in than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'd be more inclined to sit down for a while, you know, or knowing if I get out and walk and I'm not having to walk up a couple thousand feet or down back down and walk eight miles, you know, and 
Right. Really get your butt kicked. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and really allowed me to really appreciate the West again. Was <laughs> I mean, through all the oak trees, like you can't see 200 yards uh-huh. for a week. Couldn't see. <laughs> get back here, I'm like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, no, there's a lot of land out there. And just, I don't know, I've always loved being able to, to see <laughs> so, right yeah you go down the ridge you check this side out then you go glass for another 30 40 minutes over here then you just keep moving just always dug that and that hole standing still and waiting it's hard <laughs> yeah on vacations you know being from the west and then we go back east um during the summer and they're not it's just not the west so you can't even the air you can't see through the air i'm sure you've noticed that right. too like it's so thick of with humidity you can't even see far if you mm-hmm. get up high enough and uh, i noticed we were uh, this mountain range that you can get up into in, near uh, chattanooga tennessee it's called lookout mountain you get on top and it's funny because it has like a little thing like if you on a clear day you should see georgia south carolina north carolina you can't see at a quarter mile because wow. the air is so thick and the humidity yeah. is so thick. I'm like, I don't see nothing. I'm like, that thing is a lie. I know they're in that direction, but I don't see anything. <laughs> but Fair. not like here where you can go to like the four corners and like see everything from mm-hmm. everywhere you stand. You're like, no, I can see everything. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I just I love it. Yeah. And it's, it's nice because you get used to the greenery though. You're like, wow, it's so green. You're like, it's Fair. crazy green. And then you come back and you're like, whoa, man, I, I thought our mountains were pretty green. They're pretty uh, brown and desertless, you know? <laughs> right, that and, two weeks of green. Yeah, it's weird how <laughs> you think when you go up to the mountains, you're like, wow, it's pretty up here, especially after you, know, you get a good monsoon kicking in and yeah. it's looking really good. And then you go back east and you're like, oh, yeah, we don't, uh, it's yeah. pretty bad out west. <laughs> As a, my, my dad's originally from Tennessee and he said his family, when they came out to visit him, they couldn't. They they were freaked out. They're like, how how can a cow even survive out here? <laughs> like, what what can they eat <laughs> to live? Yeah. You know, because they're used to where, you know, they don't have sprinklers. My my wife's aunt and uncles don't have any sprinklers on their grass, and their grass is greener than mine. And I sprinkle. I have to water it. If I miss a day during the summer, it'll right. be trashed. <laughs> it'll be done. <laughs> yeah. And they're sitting there saying they're in a drought. I'm like, mm, I wish we were in a drought like this one because my grass would right, look pretty I'll sweet. That. <laughs> I'll take a drought, uh, a back east drought versus ours. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think we pretty much hit everything I wanted yeah. to talk on, but I'm glad to kind of get 2021 started again. Good. And uh, start off with a podcast with you, Jason. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Yeah, no, it was really nice to catch up with you. Please give Brian my best. Hopefully catch up the three of us at some point. But, yeah, hopefully this uh, year is uh, much better for y'all. And uh, yeah, you, you yeah. starting starting off and get the podcast game going again. Yeah, it, like I said, we kind of spoke earlier. It was, it was kind of weird in the beginning. I'm sure everyone has their take on this whole thing. But, you know, do right. it's easy for like me and you to do it, you know, not worried. But it was weird, like, do we, we kept thinking to ourselves, like, is it morally right to all be together or is it not? You know, it's, it's, so, it's such a weird, it's such a weird time. It's still kind of a weird time to be in, like, do we all get together? Do we, should we meet together? I, I don't know. Do we, it was just, it's so hard to make that choice. Um, 
I know not for everyone, but for us, you know, or for my, I can only speak for myself. You know, there's my yeah. parents, you know, they're, they are of age, you know, mm-hmm. and I enjoy seeing them and they enjoy seeing the kids. And I'm like, right. do I see someone else and then not see my parents for two weeks? Or do I, would I rather see my parents? And I, you know, we have two kids and they love seeing my grand, or, you know, their grandkids. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm just trying to be responsible for myself. I'm like, man, I just wouldn't, it would suck to get them sick and right. something happen, you know? So that's how I, I looked at the whole thing as like, well... You know, I love my friends. I love everyone else, but my parents, you know, I care about them the most, you know? Right. And they enjoy seeing their grandchildren. So I'm like, well, that's just what it's going to have to be, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a couple of times where we've had to say, hey, uh, we've got to stay away for a while <laughs> because we had an exposure. I don't know about you, but we had several exposures, you know, and then sw- I think I got swabbed uh, four times. Oh, wow. Oh, I think Brian, he's probably up on five now. Um, but you know, just notching them out. Yeah, I know. You just kind of get used to. It. You're like, ah, oh, yeah. It, it, it's it's such a weird. It, it sucks because there's a lot of us. You know, I'm sure you're in that age bracket. Where you're like, well, you know, realistically, you'll be fine. I'm sure all of us will right. be just fine. Right. Won't be fun, but it'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> but um, it's other people that you that you worry about. You know, at least for me, I'm like, man, uh, don't want to give it to my parents if I got it by accident. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, uh, I don't know if I should be in the house. Like, I couldn't go in the house until <laughs> I found out. I had to hang out outside for hours waiting for the test results before I could wow. go inside the house, you know. Wow. And then my wife works at the hospital, so you can only imagine okay. that. And there's been a couple of yeah. times she comes home, and she's like, yeah, they just told me that, like, two days later that she would have an exposure. And I'm like, well, we haven't seen nobody. So we'd call everyone up and say, hey, we're going to be MIA for about 10 days because... Yeah. We had exposure, and my wife's apologizing. I'm like, nah, it just is what it is, you know. It, well, if we get sick, we get sick. If we don't, we don't. <laughs> it's just whatever, you know. But mm-hmm. we're uh, we're fortunately because of what we worked in. Um, lots of had been vaccinated or had the opportunity. And I I just took it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna mess around. I'll just go for it. <laughs> I've done worse things to myself. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <what>. <laughs> I've done way worse things in the past to myself than than a the sure. vaccine but i think uh you know now that in the health world we've gotten all vaccinated so you're a guard not that it's let down but my parents i'm not sure where you live but my <clears throat> here in Mexico, my parents have been able to they both had their first shot but not their second one but they're getting ready mm-hmm. to get their second one and my in-laws have already been through the whole full thing and we feel you just feel like a from my perspective like i don't feel like going over like i'm gonna get someone sick and kill somebody <laughs> My, or at least my, you know, old people. I should say the old people in my fan, in my, my little friendly realm. So, it's getting there. So hopefully, yeah. uh, we get through this. I think it's. I don't know. I feel like it's finally maybe starting to go down. I don't know how your feelings are, but this is what I feel. I think it's all starting to get better than worse. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, I'm saying being in a small rural community like it's a i don't know like we social distance just because that's what we do anyways yeah yeah you know like we're not like <laughs> nobody's on top of each other we're like yeah. hey man good to see you again i guess i'll see you in a couple of weeks or the next time i see you and so like, the whole thing's been wild of trying to understand it how how it fits in and um 
you know, I mean, even the opportunity for me to even have a vaccine, uh, have the vaccine, uh-huh. I'm at the very end of it. They're like, oh, no, you're, you're, you're years away. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas I completely understand with uh, people in the health um, health community and how that works out, and I don't know, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely a you know, <laughs> a son of my he's nine. A son, I was like, uh-huh. dude, you're living through something that <laughs> thirty years from now you're gonna be like, yeah, there was this time, you know, yeah. <laughs> that we had to do this, and then I think about you know. Mo- my uh, wife's grandma passed away in like September okay. and um, she was 98 years old and you started thinking back on her life and I'm like, she was born at the back end of a pandemic, mm-hmm. lived mm-hmm. through the great depression, right? you know, world war two and all that. I mean, if you look at what guys had to do during world war two, you're like, could we as America do that right now? I mean, right. they did some pretty, I mean, I'm not trying to get too political here, but people are talking about, you know, rationing and stuff like that. And um, if you look up what was given up during World War II, if they were to enact that now, people would go crazy. Like, that's straight out overreaching. Maybe they did during World War II. I don't know. But when you look at what they did collectively, you're like, well, no, they they gave up quite a few things, (laughs) you know. Right. But, um, yeah, just looking back on her life and then, you know, my ground, like, you're... Your grandma thing or with her at this time, but my grandma when I was young used to get so frustrated when we wouldn't eat our vegetables. Yeah. And she'd always say, you know, what she always tell? she'd always say, You're lucky you have the food that you all we had were potatoes mm-hmm. to eat as a kid. And when you're young, you're like, That doesn't even make what? sense. Yeah, like why would <laughs> right. you even say something like that? And right. now that I'm older, I look back, I'm like, Okay, my grandma was ninety five when she passed away, like in see when she passed away. About six years ago, yeah, about six years ago, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh no, she grew up during the Great Depression, yeah. <laughs> when no one had food, <laughs> so she literally nice. ate potatoes. That's all they had was whatever they could get out of the backyard, mm-hmm. and that was potatoes and maybe, you know, a little bit of meat." And I'm like, "That's okay, you know." I think as a, as a whole, when I look back, I'm like, "We'll be all right. We can make it through this." <laughs> it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it, but we'll be fine. That's what I yeah. feel. I feel like we'll be fine. I think things will pop back up and start rocking again, you know? Yeah. That's like, <laughs> like you, I'm an eternal optimist at some point. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> you have to. I mean, you can't just, you know, I start, first you're like, oh, it's doom and gloom, but they're like, oh, hold on for a second. You start looking at the past. Right. You're like, they did it. it wasn't easy, but they got through it and things got better. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I think, I think it'll get better. I really do. Like, so my parents are my, in a family restaurant business, and in the beginning, oh, yeah. they definitely took a hit. Absolutely. For sure. It took a massive hit. And then they learned to adapt and overcome, you know? Correct. You know, they just, uh, my mom had to do things that they just normally hadn't had to do. They didn't have a, a web page, you know? Yeah. And she wouldn't know how to set it up. So my brother set it up and got it going, and, you know, they figured it out, and they just, they they, they did it. You know, they were able to, to figure it out and how to overcome stuff, you know, that, uh, I think it's just that American, ad, the American spirit to adapt and overcome, you know? Right. And but, that's what it felt like last year was, is, okay, these are the new, whatever. Yeah. Whatever this yeah. is. And, okay, well, this is how this and this. Okay. We'll figure it out. 
Yeah, yeah, you just figure it out. And just we had a plan. Like, if you had, so my wife's like, "Well, what are you gonna do when you guys go elk hunting?" I was like, "Well, we're just gonna." Well, it's elk hunting. We don't see anybody, you know. <laughs> right. But she's like, "Well, what happens if one of you haven't didn't know it, and you guys all meet in your camping? Cause, you know, we all share the same camper. It's a big fifth wheel, and everyone takes." You know, grab something. I had took the four wheelers up. Brian takes the the fifth wheel up, and a guy named Mike that went with us, you know, took uh, some more stuff up. You know, we all collectively put everything together and haul everything together. And I was like, well, we're isolated, and if one of us has it, we kind of plan it out. I was like, we'll just st- stay sick in camp for a month, and then before we come back home, and then we'll be Fair. good. <laughs> Fair. And she kind of was like, really? I was like, well, yeah. What else are we gonna do? <laughs> There's nothing. I mean, you couldn't ask us a better situation to isolate from everybody else if we got it Agreed. by accident, you know? I was like, it's Agreed. a perfect situation. We'll just, it's not going to be fun, supposedly. We'll just uh, tough it out and camp. <laughs> right. And, and then come back when we're all set and clear. That, that's literally what our plan was. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, and that's how diehard we were. I'm sure you were too. When we, especially the elk hunt, you know, the elk you know, that we drew as a good unit. I'm like, pandemic or not, we're going. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and we planned it all out. She was really worried, and I was like, "This is our plan. If we get sick, we're just gonna stick with it." And mm-hmm. one's a paramedic, so I was like, "We'll be all right. We'll figure yeah. it out." <laughs> I get that. I understand completely. <laughs> so we had plans in place, and she felt yeah. better after that. She's like, "You're just gonna go out there all willy nilly." I was like, "No, we're not dumb. I mean, we're dumb, but we're not like <laughs> we <will> stupid. Do <laughs> we'll do dumb stuff." <laughs> and it had nothing to do with the pandemic. It just had to do with stuff. Uh, couple uh where did oh brian when he shot his bull elk he shot him in a of course a perfectly awesomely crazy nasty area to, to shoot an elk of course so, and at night on not night but he shot in the evening by the time he got back to camp to tell us that he shot an elk it was already you know by the time we got out to to get this elk out it's already like nine o'clock at night and we got back god i just all of a sudden done and hung up in the tree and everything is that had been one o'clock in the morning and yeah, that's the dumb stuff that we get ourselves into. <laughs> Is walking out an elk in the middle of the night, and we even rode off the next morning. I was tired. I was like, Ugh, I'm not 25 years old. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm sleeping in tomorrow. And Ryan's like, Are you sure, man? You know, it's an elk hunt. I was like, Dude, I'm not. I learned to. We, we've learned to pace ourselves on, especially yes. when you have a, a bow hunt that's, you know, 10 sometimes a month long, depending on where where you're at and what yeah. state you're in. <laughs> it, it's not a sprint this is a it is not it's a marathon i've learned that when you're younger you can sprint but as you get older you're like yes. yeah we could sleep a couple of nights you know every now yeah. and then we'll, we'll uh we'll we'll take a morning off you know yes and that helps out a lot <laughs> <It does. laughs> sleeping in the morning <laughs> oh, so man. yep uh but yeah we got our hunts in for new mexico at least and now it's oh. just uh cross our fingers and see what happens <laughs> really i just care about the elk and one of the exotics it'd be nice to draw an exotic yeah for once brian i always give him a hard time he uh he has an oryx and uh but how he got it <laughs> was in an awesome way so he's going down to a deer hunt where you have to drive through the, the northern part of the missile range mm-hmm. and uh he had his rifle with him and he's a i call him the typical redneck he just has a rifle with him at all times <laughs> in case he sees a coyote he'll blast it yeah and he's got it in there and he's heading down to help his daughter on a deer hunt. And uh, all these cars are stopped on this main road that goes over through the missile range. And he's like, ah, what's going on? And his wife's like, it looks like someone hit something. And they're like, oh, no, they hit an oryx. So someone had tagged oryx. And it was the back end. You know, just the back leg was broken. Uh-huh. And it's 
you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, freaking out because this thing's still alive and it's suffering. And he's like, what, you know, a typical you know, guy with a hunter, he goes like, watch out. <laughs> he right. just blasted it, put out of its misery. He's like, okay. His wife's on the phone with Game Fish, told him what had happened. They're like, quarter it up and bring it in and we'll see what we, what we can figure out. So uh, he started crying up and a guy and another hunter just happened to drive by, saw what was going on and pulled over and was like, I'll help you out. And he's like, oh, perfect. So he helped him skin it because it was pretty warm out. Uh-huh. And they got it all quartered up, and he hauled it into town, maybe another forty miles, where he had to meet a game fish officer, and he got his oryx for <laughs> like thirty bucks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so he has the the head, and he got the meat yes. perfect, and got it on ice and everything, and that's how he got his first oryx. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> so it's funny when people are like, "You got an oryx in on range oryx?" Yep, sure did. Yep, sure did. <laughs> and it didn't count against me either. <laughs> I'm like, so every time we drive that road to the, you know, they like to hunt elk and I'm always looking for oryx everywhere. I'm like, please let there be one smashed on the ground. I'm going to take it. <laughs> yeah. Because they're stinking. They're pretty cool. They're really cool. I didn't, uh, I didn't get a chance to eat it because before I, I, I didn't get a chance. They ate it all. But he said, it, no, we've never had whitetail, but he said it was out of all the game he's had, it's probably the best that he's ever had between everything that he's hunted so far. But yeah, like I said, we haven't hunted whitetail. Yeah. And I've heard whitetail is really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm trying to, I remember it being good. So my dad, he got his uh, off the uh, the missile range. Uh-huh. But it been 10 some years ago. And I don't remember, I remember it being delicious, but. Yeah, it's just been so long. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I should probably put in for that and see if I could. Yeah, go I, once a lifetime, uh, <laughs> they call it the race because it's the, you, you have to take it to a different perspective. You're not hunting necessarily; you are hunting, but you're yeah. on range. You know, and this is from guys that I've because you can only take like one person on range with you. Right. And um, the guys I know that have drawn it, and I've had some close friends. They're like, it's a race. You know, <laughs> it, you line up. The MPs are out there. They already know where they're at. The herds are at because they they don't want you wandering because you're on a an active right. missile range base. They don't, there's areas that are, if you get caught there, you may not. You may be in jail for a while. <laughs> so they pretty much go. Here's where you need to go. So it's just a full blown out race. He said, uh, my buddy said it's like the craziest thing you'll ever get to experience for hunting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just remember him telling how intense like the pre-meeting is because like they're have the generals that are telling you where you can and can't be. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a lot of the, I've, I put it for the offering. I'll, I'll usually choose because you get three choices, right? I'll, I'll choose my third one will be an off range just in case. Cause they almost offer a hunt off range almost God, like almost 10 months out of the year down there because mm-hmm. the herd's gotten so big, but, um, you almost feel scared doing the off range one too. Cause you want to hunt the line, but you're like, <laughs> you don't want to push that, you know? And that's one sure. line that you don't want to push. You know, I mean, that's not like you're hunting against a different right. unit and you're like, I'm just going to use it to cross over or whatever. You're like, no, you cross <laughs> that fence. Right. Um, they know that you cross the fence. Let's put it at right. that point. It's the military. They actually watched you do it. <laughs> yeah, they watched you do it. <laughs> so you have some repercussions of that one. So the mm-hmm. off-ranges would be, I haven't get dry yet either, but that was, that's another good one to put in. Oh, I don't know about a good one, but uh, one to think of the off-range one because that's a, that's not a once-in-a-lifetime. If you're, it's just the lottery. Um, Brian does a lot of your amounts, and this guy that he knows down 
south uh, of our town, he drew it like three or four years in a row. He drew the, the off-range tag, and he tagged out every single time. And that one you can draw over and over again if you're lucky enough. You can draw it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a lottery draw. It's not a one. The, the, the on-range is the once-in-a-lifetime hunt. Okay. So that's the for folks remembering yourself. They and then the cool animals. Oh, they're they're really cool. They, there's I saw a couple uh, big bulls come off, and some big ones had a lot of mass on them. It was pretty cool. Pretty mm-hmm. good year for or, or it looked like a good year for Oryx. I don't know if there's a bad year or not, but yeah. the ones I saw coming off on social media were really had some just mass on on the bulls for sure. <laughs> just a wow. cool animal. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, Jason. I'll let you go. I'm sure you got a. I don't know. You probably got some stuff to do. <laughs> no, it was really nice to catch up with you again. I can't believe it's already been a year since we chatted. It's I know. It feels like it wasn't that long ago. Is, <laughs> and in that time, the entire world changed. Oh, I know. Was, I went from, <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, literally, like, just everything changed 180 yeah. degrees from last time we talked. But uh, yeah, I know you, but I'm like, life moves on and we'll figure yeah. out a way. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it always it just keeps on moving you know <laughs> it's all about the attitude you put into it my man. yeah it's all yep. good. yes sir and you are on the game trail podcast